Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And we say welcome back for another encore presentation here on The Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets Productions. Why did we uh, choose today's show as our special encore show? Because of our guest, an incredibly uh, funny guy and very tuned into uh, to advertising and marketing and what sells stuff. Kevin Dom is an author. A marketer, he's combined 25 years of experience in theater, finance, and marketing. Kind of an odd combination, but it works. He's a national columnist for Smart Business Magazine and has authored several books, including What the Banks Won't Tell You, Building Your Own Home for Dummies, uh, Green Sense for the Home, Rating uh, the Real Payoff on 50 Green Home Projects, and the one that we're going to be talking about today with Kevin is called Roar, Get Heard in the Sales and Marketing Jungle. This is good stuff. The guy knows how to sell stuff. Kevin Dom, welcome back to the advertising show. Good to be here, both of you. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, our pleasure. Let's uh, let's jump into the book real quickly here, Kevin, and uh, chat a little bit about that. Early on in your book, uh, you talk about the importance of the value proposition, and since the majority of our audience are marketing and advertising professionals, we're going to work from the assumption that everybody understands what a value prop is and the importance of differentiating your value prop from your competition, which takes me to the fable approach that you decided to take when writing Roar. And I thought it was rather unusual, rather than the more straightforward how-to approach we see most business authors take, uh, the fable approach was certainly novel. And I'm curious, Kevin, is this an example of you taking your own advice differentiating yourself huh yeah absolutely i mean i I write a column uh called pursuing the awesome experience and uh, i define the awesome experience as uh, the convergence of need entertainment and the unexpected and so when when i put any product together for my own company uh it's important to me that not only do i serve the need of the education process but it has to be entertaining and um, there has to be some aha moments in there and i think that's one of the problems i see in in the marketing and advertising world today is you know i see a lot of marketers out there and and their websites are boring and the information they put out about themselves is terrible and they don't follow their own uh their own advice they don't actually do do their own work and i think today in today's economy those people are starting to fall away you have to be able to demonstrate with your own material that you're capable of of making things compelling and, uh, and making things interesting. And I would disagree just a little bit on the issue of value proposition. You know, there's a lot of terms in the, the advertising and marketing world that are used in a variety of different ways. So, um, you know, some people think a value proposition is a single line. Some think, some think it's, it's your brand promise. Um, I've come up with a particular approach to a value proposition here and defined it accordingly so that uh, people can take it and use it and, 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 and tell their customers what's compelling about them uh, to be able to get yeah. them to, to, to come to them. I found it interesting, Kevin, that you developed a new marketing model that segments buyers into four different categories. Let's go through the defining traits of each of these, beginning with what you call the wise buyer. Sure. Um, before we do that, I think it's good to, to, to bring some context to that. I mean, the, the value proposition does a good job of saying, here's what you need to say overall in order to be compelling. And, 
and and starts with um, the aspect of empathy, which is lost today in in, in today's business world. Um, once you understand though how to how to attract those buyers, now you have to deal with the different kinds of buyers and say the different types of things. Um, what we actually identified was that these four buyers. Um, they're not actually new. They're actually archetypal and have been around for 3,500 years. I mean, they've been around forever, but they were identified 3,500 years ago um, in uh, a process um, that's actually the Passover Seder, the Jewish Passover Seder. And, and the way that we've taught the story of Exodus um, for the last 3,500 years is to teach it to the wise buyer, the, the wicked buyer, the simple buyer, and the buyer unable to ask. And we modified those slightly um, to wise, cynical, simple, and uh, disinterested. You know, uh, you know, those are interesting concepts. How did you come up with segmenting uh, these uh, buyers into four categories? What, what was the uh, inspiration for this? Well, I had I had worked with uh, the fact that there were multiple buyers and was trying to figure out um, what they were. I happen to be a, a a big fan of the Passover Seder. It's my favorite holiday, and uh, really just kind of. Uh, was looking for again on the, along the same lines. I was w- doing a speech, trying to make it entertaining and trying to make an aha moment, and came up with that concept, and it worked. And I tested it with uh, a couple hundred of entrepreneurs and, and and sales managers, and we've not been able to find anyone that doesn't fit into one of those four categories. Hmm. And uh, and then we we developed a methodology to work with them, or identified it, which was actually ROAR. It's an acronym for recognize who you're dealing with. Uh, observe from their perspective, so there's that empathy aspect I'm talking about, acknowledge who they are, and then resolve their needs. And, um, you know, they're very recognizable. The wise buyer, which you asked about, um, you know, this, this is the buyer that we see that comes in, they've done all their homework, but still they have tons of questions. Because it's not that they're looking for answers, they have an insatiable need to know. They're looking to, to not make a decision based on ignorance or emotion. They want to feel like they've gotten as much information as possible. And the way to appease that buyer is not just to throw answers at them, because you probably won't be able to come up with all the answers anyway, but moreover to help them understand that you're going to be their guide. You're going to be there to get them whatever answers are necessary. And it's okay with that buyer to say, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to help you, but I'll help you find whatever answers are available until you're comfortable enough to move forward. Love the empathy nope. attitude as far as that goes, and it seems that most businesses get it backwards instead of, R-O-A-R, it's R-A-O-R, uh, completely, totally backwards, huh? <laughs> yeah, they, they have a tendency, businesses, when they go out, and then really this is the result of the last, uh, you know, 20 years when it was easy to just do business by putting a message out there. Um, people, you know, go out there and they just say, well, this is who I am and this is what I do. And this is typical whether you're doing an elevator pitch, whether you're doing an advertisement, whether you're doing, uh, you know, any sort of media or communication out there. And, you know, I go into a speech and, and, and I, I have people do their elevator pitch that way. And then, you know, I ask them, how many of you heard, you know, somebody saying, hey, this is what I do and this is who we are? And, 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 and then I ask them to raise their hands if anybody who was listening actually cared. And instead, what we do is start with that pain. You know, what is the pain that you're actually trying to solve? And because that's what's going to connect. People today have a tremendous amount of pain. They don't want to spend money that uh, is going to look foolish or feel foolish or ultimately be foolish down the line. So in order for them to actually move forward and buy in today's environment, they, you have to identify a pain for them that's greater than the one of spending money that they shouldn't have spent. And that's a big task. So you have to start with that empathy and the pain that you're solving in order to attract those buyers that are truly going to buy. That makes a lot of sense, too, yes. 
You know, going back to the uh, cynical buyer for a moment, you say that the cynical buyer, once converted, can become the most loyal of all buyers. And you go on to say the more the cynical buyer puts up a fight, the more interested he is. I think most people would feel that this, you know, the more resistance that one is uh, playing out during the selling process, the greater likelihood they'll not buy. Talk a little bit about that, Kevin. Sure. Um, the cynical buyer is my favorite buyer. Um, the cynical buyer's approach is that uh, ultimately what happened was they were taken advantage of at some point in this particular type of transaction. So, Because not everybody is every buyer all the time, right? depends on what your particular experiences are. Um, if it's a high-stakes uh, scenario, you might be a high uh, a wise buyer, if it's something that you bought before and had a bad experience, that's what's going to make you cynical. And so when you come into that environment as the cynical buyer, um, you're just looking to make sure you're not going to take advantage again. Truthfully, if you weren't interested, you would just disengage completely and you wouldn't be a buyer at all. So if you're in there and you're, and you're experiencing that difficulty of, gee, I really want to buy this, but I'm afraid I'm going to be taken advantage of, you're, you're game and you're ready to go. Now, as, as the person who's selling to you, if I acknowledge that fear and I'm able to open up the kimono, so to speak, give you some, in, some information that makes you feel comfortable that you can trust me and I build that trust, now you're going to be incredibly loyal to me because you're going to believe that if you go somewhere else, you're going to be taken advantage of. And in my experience over the years, I've found that my most cynical buyers, that I can overcome their objections, I can make them trust me, they are not only the ones who will come back to me uh, and, and pay a higher price, but they'll also refer me other people because their trust level, once you've broken through that, is so high. The uh, author of Roar, Get to Heard in the Sales Marketing Jungle, is Kevin Dom, and uh, he is with us uh, this weekend out of New York, and we're going to continue our conversation. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here on the Advertising Show. Stay right here. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hi, partner! Hi, fellas. Roy Rogers! Hey, that's a pretty tricky hat, isn't it? Welcome back on the Advertising Show. It's Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. The uh, last segment uh, alluded to the fact that Kevin was wearing a kimono... And he would open it to show us more, and we'd prefer that you keep your kimono on. Okay, Kevin, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Kevin is the author of Roar, Get Heard in the Sales and Marketing Jungle. AwesomeRoar.com is the website. And that other guy who kind of helped out with the book, what is his name, Kevin? Dan Turner. Okay. And uh, Dan has a degree in creative writing from Rutgers and was able to help with characterization and backstory since the book is a parable that takes place in New York, all in, in uh, takes place in kosher restaurants all around New York, real food and, and, and uh, real restaurants. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and did you guys research this together or what? We did. We actually researched it online. We knew we wanted to tell uh, a story because um, people do absorb better through, through stories. 
And uh, although in the back of the book, we've, we've given you a, a very clear summary uh, and implementation. We've given very clear information on how to create a compelling value proposition and um, work with the four buyers. And it's funny you talk about the kimono. I, I actually, uh, I don't know if, if, if you guys are aware of this. When uh, we did the book deal with Wiley, I committed to making this a New York Times bestseller. And uh, I spent a lot of time opening my shirt because I actually tattooed New York Times bestseller on my chest backwards so I could see it in the mirror every morning. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's been quite the, the, the conversation. You can actually see it on the website. Uh, okay. Would this, would, would this be a good time to mention the other tattoo on your left cheek of your butt? No, I don't think so. <laughs> we'll pass on that one. Okay, we don't care what's on there. Okay, Kevin. Hey, uh, Kevin. You know, you mentioned the the research and the and the uh, I don't know the New York restaurants. And interestingly enough, in the back of your book, you have a list of those restaurants and a little recap of what it's all about in those restaurants. You even go so far as to offer the phone number. I'm curious. Two questions. One, do they have a sandwich at any of those restaurants named after you? And number two, are you still sure. buying? Do you have to pay? <laughs> um, well, we, we were comped uh, after we had written the book because we, uh, we had actually done the research on the Internet and gone. They were nice enough to comp us quite a bit. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, they, they, do have, um, they, they do not have a sandwich named after me yet. But we'll see what happens when uh, we move from being an Amazon number one bestseller to being a New York Times bestseller. This is worth something, but I could just hear them coming back with, you know, th- my, my margins are too slim. I can't give you this stuff. I give it to you for half price. Buy one, get one free, pal. Okay? It's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, but we've, we've put some bonuses in the book as well. Um, in the first print run, uh, we actually put a, a special chapter, a bonus chapter, and a webinar coupon uh, on how to, uh, how to use this for, for, for your own personal uh, uh, benefit instead of just for, for companies. And, um, you know, that's part of, again, practicing what we preach, right? That's creating urgency in the market, right? There's, it's only in the first print run. There's only a few thousand left, and we wanted to create something special for those first early adopters and uh, that's been very successful. It's helped to move the book off the shelf. Should have packaged the book in wax paper. would have been really cool. <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> so on a more serious note, uh, Kevin, you're quoted as saying communication is key. Everyone in a company needs to understand what they're selling and to whom. You know, I think that statement itself is one of the most overlooked yet simple ideas so many companies just don't get. Uh, they, they fail to let the rank and file, the people that are – in the trenches, so to speak, understand what they're selling and to whom. Why do you think so many companies these days still overlook that, Kevin? Well, I think, you know, what I've discovered in my work uh, as a consultant is that uh, these companies don't give good messaging, to consistent messaging to their people because they don't have good messaging that's meaningful. So what happens is different people come up with different ideas of what works for them in the sales environment instead of having core messaging at the top. And so, you know, it, it just runs pervasively. The people, you know, people say what they want to say. And I, I constantly go into companies and I, I'll take a flip cam, you know, a, a little video camera, and I'll walk around from person to person and I'll video what is it, you know, what, is, what they're saying about the company and then bring it back to the CEO who, you know, at that point usually has a heart attack or, uh, you know, his eyes roll back in his head. But I think, you know, the, the whole idea of this book is to, to teach people what to say, how to say it, and who to say it to. And at a company level, if you can develop core messaging, a core value proposition, and an understanding of how to say it to the different buyers, then you can make it pervasive and integrated through all of your marketing material, whether it's your website, whether it's your collateral, whether it's advertising, whether it's video. And, but 
you have to start with that core messaging. And I think that's why Roar's been successful, is people realize today you can't just say anything, and this is giving them the tool that they can identify what is their, their empathy, what is the pain they're solving, what is the solution. And probably the most important thing, which, which companies don't do very well, is actually establish what's their differentiator. I go into rooms of 250 executives and I say, you know, what is it that makes you different than anybody else? And they'll say, oh, well, customer service. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm not aware of any of their competitors that are out there saying that they have crappy customer service. Yeah. Um, I define a differentiator as what your competitors won't do or can't do without great effort or expense. My favorite is we're family-owned and operated. We treat you like family. First of all, the mafia is family-owned and operated, and most families treat each other like crap. I was going to say I have no desire to be treated like I'm treated by my family, for sure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I was just going to set – I was looking over your list, Kevin, on on the differentiators that you're so fed up with, and we all are. They're old, tried, and true. You say – one is we have great customer service. Another is we are very experienced, and another is our clients love us. You know what are you expected to say here? But the one that was uh, curiously missing from your list is what happened to we're number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, only one person gets to say that, and the truth is, is yeah. Why does anybody care? I mean, Avis yeah. did a good job of, of of differentiating that sometimes it's better to be number two, right? They right. did that for years. Right. Um, but, right. but uh, you know, I don't run into a lot of companies that go out there and say they're the number one. They'll say there's a leader in something, um, which has become, you know, pretty much meaningless. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. If you can't, if, if it's not something you can hang your hat on that your competitor can't do, it's really not a differentiator. And uh, that's what companies have to work to find. And it takes work. You know, that's the other problem. Everybody wants a quick fix. And there are no quick fixes. When we work with companies, we do a tremendous amount of research to get to the answers of this. We focus on getting the truth. You're not going to find the answers to these questions inside your company. You're not even going to find it with your existing clients because they've already bought into the things that you're telling them. You really have to go out and explore and find out what people are saying out there about what they want with a particular product, not necessarily about what you're bringing to the table. And it requires a tremendous amount of objectivity. Special guest today on the Advertising Show is Kevin Dom out of New York. Kevin is the author of Roar, Getting Heard in the Sales and Marketing Jungle. Uh, a good concept. And we'll uh, continue with this interview here in just a moment on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Glad you're here. You can find out more about the book by going to awesomeroar.com. Well, why don't you just go get it, okay? You know, uh, Kevin Dahmer, our special guest, author of Roar, Get Heard in the Sales and Marketing Jungle. I hate, uh, I hate the differentiators uh, that the, the companies try to come up with. Usually it's a weak mission statement. Usually it's something that makes absolutely no sense, and I just love what you're uh, uh, kind of uncovering here. And, boy, I, I would love to have a, 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 many of our clients and a lot of other clients just go get the book and see what's cooking. So great and book, And they can Kevin. get it everywhere. It's Barnes & Noble. It's at Amazon. It's at, at, at Borders. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's everywhere. So, um, yeah, you know, the, the fact is is that companies got a little fat and happy, so to speak, um, you know, with the market as good as it was. And now they're struggling, trying to figure out why all the stuff they were doing wasn't working. And, and at the 
end of the day, it's about the core messaging. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a, a speech right now about social media, and all the social media in the world is, you know, won't do you any good if you don't actually have a, a compelling message that uh, attracts people to buy it in, you know, in, in a predisposed way. And that's the key, is to, to figure out what, if, if you can identify their pain and give them a solution and tell them why you're best in the world, then they're more likely going to do business with you and, and do it in an efficient manner. Very good. Well, let's talk a little bit about social media for a moment, Kevin. We, it's something we cover and have covered for many years here in the advertising show. What's your nuts and bolts advice on how to effectively use social media for marketing one's product or services? Well, I think people have to recognize that social media, like anything else in marketing, is a tool. Um, I believe that the difference between sales and marketing is sales is what one person or one salesperson does with one customer from, you know, through the whole process, lead generation, assessment, analysis, prescription, uh, and uh, the, the objection removal and the transaction. Marketing is the application of efficiency tools to scale that process. And that's all social media is. It's an efficiency tool. If it's used right, it's not a panacea. It's not going to work for everything. So you've got to figure out which of those social media tools are going to work best for what you're trying to accomplish in your sales process and make sure that your messaging is fully integrated. If you do that, then you can have tremendous results. But we have a tendency, you know, we everybody wants to talk about the outliers of, you know, this this business that got a ton of stuff done on Twitter or on Facebook. And some were appropriate. They hit the right combination. But not every business needs to do everything in order to make it work. It's the same thing with branding. Branding is a tool that works when your company scales to a certain size and you need to have overall recognition. But if you're a small company in a big fish market, branding isn't necessarily going to get you there over providing a good product that's, that actually has a compelling value to it. You know, uh, we just have a few minutes left in this segment to wrap up our interview today. Uh, you've got an entire uh, chapter dedicated to the awesome experience. And by the way, Ray had that once, and he married her. But uh, <laughs> beside that, I wanted to talk a little That's bit right. about uh, the components a company you say must master to experience long-term customer growth. You've got three that you mentioned in the book, Kevin. Yes. So in order to achieve that convergence of need, entertainment, and the unexpected and the awesome experience, the first one is compelling messaging. And that's what Roar is all about. That's the book that, that, that lays out exactly how to have compelling messaging. The second piece is intentional marketing. And that means breaking down that sales process that I've just described. And for those people who want to see a full, there's 105 questions in that. If you go to theawesomeexperience.com forward slash 100, you can actually look at that entire sales process broken down. And once you've identified it, then you can create intentional, scalable marketing tools to apply to that. And the third one is memorable delivery. Because I can have a great message, and I can be very specific and intentional about what I'm doing, but if I don't create an aha moment, then nobody's going to care. It's not going to matter. And in today's environment, you've got to find a way to stand out and create some way to stick in memory in that, in, in that customer's mind. Well, Ray, one final question for uh, Kevin before we send him on his way. Any last thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with today, Kevin, about your book or what you might have going on or just some wise advice for 2010? Sure. I, uh, you know, the book is, 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 is available you know, in all the stores, and you can see videos and examples of how we use that material um, at theawesomeexperience.com um, or at uh, awesomeroar.com. Um, the thing that I want to leave people with, you know, I keep hearing all the time, everybody says to me, what's the one thing that you need to walk away with? And I think what people in marketing and advertising need to understand is, is, is here's the one thing. 
It's not just one thing. Marketing is a complex series of structured events integrated to compel people to take action. And so you need to layer as much as you can and take advantage of every opportunity to add to it. That's why people are walking away going, this doesn't work anymore and that doesn't work anymore. It all works if it's structured properly and it's done in a consistent manner. And it starts with having that compelling message, and that's what Roar is all about. Very good. Great way to wrap up, and uh, best of luck as you sell many of these books. I hope uh, folks go out and get them uh, in, in, in by the drove. You know what I mean? Uh, Kevin Dom is our author of Roar, Get Heard in the Sales and Marketing Jungle. And, Kevin, it's been a pleasure having you here at The Advertising Show. Pleasure's been mine. Thank you, guys. On The Advertising Show, Ray and Brad and uh, more. Hope you enjoyed our encore performance here today of The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and out of New York, Kevin Dom, author of Roar. Get heard in the sales and marketing jungle. Enjoy the conversation with Kevin. Hope you enjoyed the show. The Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show powered by uh, Shipple.com. Check it out. It's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And incredible marketing platforms within the, the uh, website there. And uh, a great team of people to help you uh, with your marketing as well. So uh, Shipple.com is the place to go. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications. And it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.